Gennaro Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello NRL fans, welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host Matt Namofsky and welcome to the Sunday session where we'll be going through all eight games of the round, an injury recap and a look ahead to the next round. With me today I've got Johnny. Johnny, how are you mate? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for having me back. No worries. So we'll quickly jump right into it. So the first game on Thursday night was the Parramatta Eels defeating the Melbourne Storm 16-12 to at Parramatta Stadium. Uh, try scorers Marcus Evo got a double with Junior Polo also getting a try. And for the Storm, Remus Smith and Justin Olwen. Johnny, this was played in very treacherous conditions as most of the round was. What did you make of Parramatta really? Was this an effort to really solidify them as a premiership contender? Or do you think the rain and the weather did play a real big part on how the outcome occurred? Look, no doubt the the rain and the weather did have an impact on it, but I feel like, you know, any team that can beat last year's premiers, um, they've definitely put themselves in the uh, contenders category there. Uh, um, You know, after what Para dished out, you know, they came out very slow in Broncos, um, but I thought against the Storm, they, they looked good, and I bet you must be proud of a bunch of your boys. Yeah, it was definitely one of those one of those efforts where the team really did aim up. I think last week's first half against the Broncos was a real big wake up call, uh, and I think some of the forwards really got put on notice. Uh, you know, you saw uh, Papali'i come off the bench last week and did what he did, so you kind of did outshine the Campbell Gillards, Sean Lanes of the world. Uh, but the 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 performance to me was even more impressive because obviously Ryan Madison didn't play the full eighty; he only played forty six minutes before he got concussed. Uh, so that's one of the better players in this roster. Um, but yeah, look, you know, to me, Sevo is only get the, the credit for the two trial performance, but to me, Clint Gutherson, um, in terms of the stats, he doesn't look like, if you just look at the stat line, doesn't look like he had a great game, but his, his defense especially and his energy was all over the field. What did you see from Gutho on the weekend um, that really carried this team? Yeah, just classic Gutho, isn't it? Just all efforts. And um, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, um, him just pretty much popping around everywhere. His defensive efforts really brought it home for them. Yeah, he's one. He's definitely one of those players. And if we were ever to do a list of players where you just look at the athletic ability and, you know, how much they get out of their out of their body and their career, he's definitely one of the ones that really does shine. Um, while we're still on the Parramatta side, I did want to shout out to um, Murata Niakori. So obviously he's a second rower but did get put into the centres um, after Wanga Blake uh, got a calf injury out for four weeks. So, you know, they could have gone gone with a, y- a young player in that position, but they did stick a second rower in the centre. And I think you did really well up against Justin Olam. It was a good battle. And I, what, what do you think there? So obviously the Parramatta outside defence has been a bit of an issue the last season and a half. Uh, putting a second row in the in the centres, are you in favour of that in certain in scenarios or do you prefer to have a, a true centre in that spot? Oh, I mean, you only have to go back to, um, you know, Origin last year where, you know, you saw what New South Wales put up. They put out two non-specialist centres and they got, um, you know, they really had a hand to them. But then you have a scenario like Kate Kirkwell, who's also in the centres for Queensland, and they and he did really well. So, uh, to be honest, I hate to be, you know, on the fence about this, but uh, I think it's really player dependent. I, I wouldn't put a blanket rule across yeah. this. De- definitely. And I think, yeah, near Corey, you know, you obviously don't want him there every week, but, you know, in certain matchups and, you know, when, when defense is going to win a game, I think it's it's not a bad scenario there. Another player to point out from the Paramount side, Reed Marnie, continued his strong start to the season. Uh, an- another great performance. Do you think Reed Marnie is one of the top, 
hook is in the combo. Do you think he still has a bit of a ways to go? Before the season, I did say that, you know, I was worried about his 80-minute performances, but so far two mm-hmm. rounds in, you know, he's definitely changing the opinion. What do you see from Reed this season? Yeah, with Reedy, he's uh, definitely one of the most improved. Um, I'm not sure, you know, if I put him in a Premier Hooker um, category, but by far him, along with one of the other hookers in the next matchup, are definitely most improved. You see with this... Uh, uh, these new rules, he's definitely brought yeah, elements to his game. You, you saw him, you know, kick for touch. He had, I think, two kicks for touches off the top of my head. And, uh, yeah, he looked very good. Yeah, definitely. And moving on to the Melbourne side, uh, a couple of things I did want to point out here. I think, uh, obviously, you know, they did lose, but, you know, n- they got through in- injury scave, so no, no players really out. The only big one is Felice Kafusi, uh, who looks to be suspended for three weeks due to his uh, nasty elbow on Ryan Madison, what what did you make of that? Did you think a a, a send off even a, a Simbin was warranted there, or do you, were you happy with the penalty in the report? No, that definitely looked nasty. I mean, Ryan Madison, he was just he did not know where he was. Um, look, Felice Confuse, I've never been a fan of him. I think he's a bit of a grub, but you know, <laughs> I'm coming from a New South Welshman. But um, yeah, definitely, I feel like um, you know, if not a send off, definitely ten in the bin for for his efforts there. Yeah, on on the initial live watch, um, you know, he was falling down and, you know, the pressure going down. But yeah, after you kind of slow it down a little bit, that, that it did look a bit nasty. So, look, he'll be spending some time on the sideline. And I think for Melbourne, um, you know, already a couple of injuries to deal with this season. It's something that now, you know, they're going to have to put someone in there that they normally wouldn't. Uh, so it'll be interesting. I think the other one for me, the really big storyline coming out of this was Brandon Smith. So obviously he's playing the number nine jersey while Harry Grant is out uh, and service. I think one of the big things, you know, Brandon Smith is an international hooker for the Kiwis, but the service was not there on uh, Thursday night. Cameron Munster did give him a couple of sprays where the ball was high or low. Um, What do you see from Brandon Smith? I think moving for just eliminating this game and this season, if you're another club, is Brandon Smith uh, really welcome at your club on big money playing hooker? Or do you see him more, you know, on a bit more of a nicer salary playing lock? Where, where do you think Brandon Smith falls into in terms of the the premier hooker options in the comp? Oh, well, we know all know he's made no secrets about wanting to play hooker full-time. He wants to be the Cameron Smith replacement. But, um, yeah, I, I have to agree with you. I, I'm not sure if I see him as a hooker. He, he's a really damaging ball runner and... You know, um, I feel like Locke, personally, that's how, how I feel. He, he best suits his team. Yeah. Look, the, the other thing for the for the Melbourne Storm in this game, I think some of their better forwards did not have great games. Jesse Bromwich, in his milestone game, only just got 43 minutes. Nelson Asafa-Solomona, 41. Bromwich, a couple of couple of errors. Uh, Solomon did get injured. So, you look, there, there were a couple of things that just didn't go right for Melbourne in this game. As we said at the top, you know, the last year's premiers, I think they're going to go back-to-back. N- nothing to really raise concerns that, you know, Harry Grant to come back into this team, Dolph to come back into this team. So I think it's just, you know, they'll take the loss. Craig Bellamy, we know how they are after a loss. So it's going to be very interesting to see next week how they how they pull up. Was there any other thoughts on this game, Johnny? Uh, no, um, I think you've just hinted there. I think next week's matchup is the grand final rematch. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be a cracker. So we'll move on to the first Friday game. The Newcastle Knights defeating the New Zealand Warriors 20-16. to 16. For the Knights, a Heimel Hunt double with a Jaden Braley try as well. And on the Warrior side, Ben Murdoch-Masilla, Adam Pompey, 
and Ken Mamalu got tries. Mitch Barnett's boot was the difference, kicking all of his conversions and a penalty goal. What did you see from this one, Johnny? Obviously, you are the Newcastle fan. <laughs> how, how did you think the boys went up there? How good. So this was, you know, by far my favourite match of the round. Um, you know, Mitch Barnett, I feel like you know, he's playing out of his skin on, on that um, on that edge. I feel like the way he's playing, he's going to take the, uh, the king duties off Ponga, not missing a single one. Um, but other than that, I felt like, you know, Jen Braley, he's the other... Um, uh, most improved hooker, I, I feel, you know, along with Reed Money. I don't think the Knights have lost a game with him starting at the nine. Yeah, he's he's definitely one of those guys, you know, when you, when Cronell had both Braley boys, there was a discussion of who do you keep? There was only, there was only going to be keeping one of them. Uh, and to me, you know, Blakey is the more younger, flashier player. Uh, but to me, Jaden Braley is a classic number nine, you know, gives very crisp service, tackles well. This In this game, 61 tackles. Uh, so, you know, just a workhorse yeah. in the middle. Zero know, missed. Zero missed. Um, and, you know, with a player like Connor Watson on the bench, you could easily pull Jaden Braley and try and give him a spell. But to me, he's just playing some really great footy. You know, obviously, when, when a player does suffer an ACL injury and is out for the whole season like he was, yes, you know, obviously he'd never want to tear an ACL. But I think resting the body, uh, you know, g- getting fresh, getting mentally prepared, you know, obviously has just really served him well this season. To me, the other one in this game is your forward pack. I don't think your forward pack had the best game, um, but, you know, being able to overcome that big Warriors pack, how did you see your forwards rolling in this game and, and who really stood up in terms of the forward pack there? Um, in terms of standouts, I mean, obviously last week, uh, Daniel Safidi had a really big game. It was a bit quiet at this game, but I feel like Clemma, he's still, you know, punching through his work. Um, Tyson Frizzell, I mentioned in the previous podcast, but he... I feel like he, he's just you know, made such a difference to, to our edge there. He, he's really bringing that, you know, that grit and leadership towards our, our pack going forward. Yeah, definitely. I think the, the other one really to mention is Bradman Best. Probably the in terms of if we want to start you know, picking who's the best players under a certain age or who's got the most untapped potential, I think you just have to, every list needs to have Bradman right near the top. When he stays on the field, and it is a big if at the moment, he has been a bit injury prone. But to me, the way he runs the ball, he's just so damaging. The way he ran through for that last try to link up with Heimel Hunt. What do you see from Bradman in terms of, is he a player that, you know, you just want to lock in full-time and really build around with the injury risk uh, factored in? Oh, definitely. You know, with these young talent, like, sure, you know, they they can be injury-prone. And last week, to be honest, I wasn't sure if he was going to pull up this week. But, you know, when he's on, just give him early ball and he'll do his thing. Um, you know, he's a match winner and I feel like, you know, the, the game needs to keep, um, you know, as many of those players around. Yeah, definitely. Look, the, the other one I will mention, you know, Newcastle off to a great start, 2-0. And to me, the, the real big one that ha- no one hasn't really been mentioned is Blake Green is about three weeks away from returning from his ACL injury. And to me, I just think that's going to be a game changer for you boys, I think. Uh, fifth tackle options are still a problem at the Newcastle Knights. You know, just a genuine person to be able to make the right option or the right kick at a certain time. I think Blake Green does bring that to you. So to me, I think it's going to be a really interesting one. You know, you've got uh, a guy like Phoenix Crossland who played this week in place of Kurt Mann. But to me, just in terms of the playmaking ability, Blake Green will bring so much to your team. Are you excited to see that? And when he does come in, what do you what do you see for Kurt Mann? Is he going to be on the bench? Is he going to be moving into the centres? Where, where do you want to see uh, Kurt Mann once you've got Blake Green into the lineup? Look, to be honest, um, you know, a lot of people have 
you know, spoken about him in the centres. Uh, at the moment, I feel like, we, you know, we've got a lot of depth in our outside backs. For Kurt Mann, you know, he, he's a jack of all trades. And I feel like, you know, that 14 with Connor Watson, you know, being at lock, I feel like for Kurt Mann, bench is probably his, his best role, unfortunately. He's sort of like Kurt Gidley with the, the New South Wales team. And, um, yeah, like you said, with um, Blake Green coming back, I'm, I'm really excited for you know, for the few games he did play for the Knights last year, I feel like our attack looked very good. He took that um, pressure off Mitchell Pierce, and um, I feel like we haven't even mentioned the biggest star here, Kai Ponga. Once he's come back, so I feel like this Knights team will, um, you know, go to another level. You know, Tex Foy has been pretty good out back, but, um, you know, with Kai Ponga coming across the, that back, um, it'll give that um, left edge, um, yeah, something to um, write home about. Yeah, and you hit the nail on the head right there. I think this is all, you know, a 2-0 start, feel good stories, the forwards are rolling. Your best player is not even on the field, has not touched, has not been on the field. So it's only going to get better for you guys. So, you know, it's a real promising start. Again, starts haven't been the issue for you guys in the last couple of years. It's the way you finish a season. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Just touching quickly on the Warriors side, you know, a uh, couple of real... Uh, Injury risks here. Uh, Chanel Harris-DeVito was in a moon boot after this game. He is going for scans uh, this week. So hopefully uh, they're hoping it's not a, a broken foot. So that'd be a big blow uh, if he was to go out. A player like Sean O'Sullivan would come in and replace him. But obviously there is a big talent difference there. The other injury risk is Bailey Sirenin was in a, a sling in his arm. So uh, only got through 36 minutes of work. So it's going to be very interesting there. So... Um, with the Warriors, obviously you did watch this game pretty closely. Is there anything that you see from a from a Warriors perspective that you are either really excited for them or really worried about? Um, look, overall, I feel like the, the Warriors, it, it was a solid game from them. I mean, I feel like the Knights, you know, they've only just pipped them in the end. I don't think there's any concerns really for the Warriors um, as to whether they're contenders next this year i don't i don't know but i feel like they'll definitely be around there um in the top eight and, and i hope you know for their sake that they are around there yeah the, the one thing i will mention is i've noticed in the last two weeks their forward rotations is very interesting so jermaine tenua brown starts the game gets through about 20 minutes of work and that's all he plays so he gets that first initial burst they've got a bunty of who comes off the comes off the bench this game only played 15 minutes a short little burst from him uh, and then you got like a Tohu who gets through 73 minutes, a Katoa who gets through 80. Um, so it's just very interesting how Nathan Brown's kind of utilizing some of his big boys to see how he can get through it. But I think you're right that the the Warriors, you know, I, they were never going to push for a premiership, but, you know, top eight, definitely, you know, from what we've seen from them this season, able to get the, the win in round one and a very close contest should have won this game, really, uh, having the lead with four minutes left. So, you know, from a Warriors fan's perspective, I think you can only, only be really happy here. And again, just you got to really check uh, Chanel Harris-DeVito and make sure he's not out for too long. So we hope that he's going to get some good results from his scans early this week. Moving on to the final game on Friday, it's the Gold Coast Titans defeating the Brisbane Broncos 28-16. to Tries to Jared Wallace, David Fafida, double, Aaron Clark and Jamin Jolla for the Titans. And for the Broncos, Tessie New, Xavier Coates and Pengai Jr., what did you see from this game, Johnny? Obviously, we did speak about it last week. It's a battle of, you know, both teams not wanting to go 0-2. Uh, Titans came out firing here. What, what did you see from, from this game? 
Um, well, not much in terms of what the Broncos had to dish out. Um, yeah. You know, that may be harsh, but jeez, uh, oh, with the halves, you know, Milford, he, he does offer a bit of spark, but, um, you know, I feel like there needs to be a more dominant um, playmaking role in terms of Brody Koff, and, you know, he's just not offering that at the moment. Um, yeah, not yeah, much I to think, say there about the halves. No, I think you're right there. You know, it's definitely... You would hope, you know, they've got the new coach, some new players, you know, they've kind of, you know, settled on their core young players to kind of try and get them out of this uh, bit of turmoil that they've been in. And, you know, the defence just was not there, you know. Kevy Walters uh, would have been stressing to the boys, you know, let's win on defence and all that stuff. But, you know, some of the tries, you know, the jaw of try especially was just really soft. And, you know, both day for feeder just ran at Milford, you know, isolated him on an edge. So, you know, the, the, the type of defense like that is just not what you want to see. You know, I don't think the top, again, I did watch this game pretty closely, just really wanted to see how the two teams bounce back after their respective round one losses. And I don't think the Titans played amazingly. I think, you know, they left a lot of points on the table. Some of their, some of the times where they do a nice big sweeping play, players get in the way. You know, there was two times where they had a really nice deep backline movement and the third pass went to a prop. Um you know, off a scrum, AJ running out, and then a really weird ball, like lobbed ball to Anthony Don, who has to cut back in field. So, you know, their, their attack is not perfect by any means right now. And they scored five tries comfortably on this Broncos lineup. Um, you know, and the Broncos got a couple of late tries to make the scoreline semi-respectable in the end. But, you know, this this was not a close game. And with the way the Titans played, uh, they should not have been as easily attacking as possible what, what do you think from a broncos perspective obviously you touched on there the halves is the answer just simply bringing tom dearden for one of these guys and if so which, which uh half do you take out um yeah i, I think dearden is the one it's the obvious choice that comes up with brody cough you know we i, I feel like he, he just looks a bit lost out there he he's not really um having that confidence of, you know, controlling the team. I mean, he, he's barely getting his hands on the ball. And, you know, I, I feel like what the, what the Broncos need is, you know, a, a dominant half to take them by the scruffs. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of criticism of Anthony Milford after this game, and rightly so. But to me, if your half pairing is Tom Deedon and Brody Croft versus Tom Deedon and Anthony Milford, you know, I... I... I, I said from the start, I didn't want to see Brody Croft in this team. Preferably, I would not want to see Anthony Milford in this team uh, with the way he's playing right now. You know, he's trying, and they, I do feel a little bit unfair to Milford. You know, he's getting asked. He's trying. He's, he's trying. trying. He's, you know, he's, it's very hard when the play, when you don't have players around you to really try and lift and pull out a performance like that. Like their forward pack was not making what they needed, you know. So already, you know, an inferior roster. You know, you could say inferior coaching, and now you're saying, okay, yes, he's on the big money, but, you know, I, I feel bad for Milford because we've seen when he's on, he's on. When he's off, he's not. He's obviously off. But to me, all the Bronco fans ping this one directly on Anthony Milford. I don't see it. Like a Jermaine Osaka, who I do like, he, he can't be your fullback. Like if, you, if you're trying to say, you know, Milford has all the tools around him, I don't believe that's the case. So... I think it is a bit hard, and I think uh, Kevy's going to start having to really look at some of these players, you know. To me, Pat Carrigan, you know, gets a lot of raps, played 60 minutes, you know, gets through his tackles and his work, but 
is he just shouldn't he just be a prop? You should have a like you know John Asiata playing eighty minutes from lock to give you a bit of ball playing ability that he doesn't offer. Like they just got to try something a bit different. You know, Jake Turpin's playing eighty, and yeah, Jake Turpin, you know, offers some spark, but realistically, there's I just don't think this this roster is built to succeed right now. And all the anyone who thought that they want to bounce immediately back into the top eight this season, I think was grossly underestimating the value of this roster because I think there are some holes where you look at the Titans. Uh, who haven't really spoke about here, but, you know, they're building towards something, you know, Tino and uh, Fafita were the big off-season recruits, but, you know, Fort Awaker, you know, uh, Jared Wallace coming back and having a bit of a resurgence, you know, Tyron Peachy, who's always been a bit up and down, but, you know, getting his best 40 out of Justin Holbrook. I just think that when you look at the two rosters together, it's just, it's a one-way demolition to the Titans. I think it's not even close. What do you think in terms of the Titans, uh, are we thinking top eight on your end there, Johnny, for the Titans this season? Um, look, I, I feel like the, the team looked good. You mentioned before, they, they didn't even look like they were in top gear and they easily steamrolled this Broncos team. And I'm not sure whether that's a reflection of how bad the Broncos are or you know the Titans, but uh, I feel like the recruits, you know, Dave DeFita and Tino, they got through a mountain of work. Um, so I feel like, yeah, they, they could be um, top eight contenders for sure. Yeah, that's good. All right, we'll move on to the first Saturday game. It was the Penrith Panthers, 28, defeating the Canary Bankstown Bulldogs, nil. So on this one, a double to Kikau, a double to Momorowski, and a try to Tyrone May. Just want to throw out an interesting stat I saw um, for this game because it's really it does put in perspective um, the type of performance. It's the first time in 102 years in first grade, our team's been able to hold their opponents to nil in both games to start a season in the first two rounds. And now you could look at that and say the Cowboys and the Bulldogs were the opponents, but, you know, <laughs> just what, what do you think about this um, this revitalised Panthers team? Obviously lost the grand final, come back here and been able to start the season uh, so hot. What, what do you see from the Panthers and, you know, are they the team to beat this season? Oh, 100%. You know, they've pretty much picked up where they left, left off. I think everyone was, you know, a bit unsure about, you know, having such a young team and going through, um, you know, the highs and lows of last year. But, yeah, they're pretty much just cracking on with business, um, you know, regardless of whether it's, you know, um, the Bulldogs or the Cowboys. I feel like holding two teams to do is very impressive. And um, I feel like, you know, their defensive capabilities, it's not something that they, um, they get enough credit for because, you know, we're also, like, at all in their attack. Yeah, definitely. You know, they are one of the best attacking teams with Luai and Cleary in the Haas. But yeah, this defense, you know, again, it was a uh, wet track all around. So most of these games were affected by the rain. But, you know, the Bulldogs didn't, they fired some shots, but they just couldn't land anything in this Panthers outfit. You know, you look to me like Puma Morowski, who came over just before the season started, has been a great fit into that center spot. Um, and the, again, the, the way this forward pack, you know, there were some changes in the forward pack in terms of Tamao and Tedovano. They haven't missed a beat, you know, so really, really good performance from the Panthers. I don't think there's not much to say, you know, I really do. I can't wait to see them versus Melbourne next week. It's going to be a real test, you know, obviously Cowboys and Bulldogs. Then you step up to the Melbourne Storm coming off a loss. It's going to be, you know, a, cont- a contender for game of the season nice and early on. We'll see exactly where the two powerhouses are at for the Bulldogs. Let's touch on them quickly. What do you, what do you see from them? Been a couple of talks on the, the Bulldogs Facebook pages about, you know, 
some people unhappy with Trent Barrett and the way he's utilizing this team. Obviously, it's only been two games, and you know you've had some pretty stiff uh, opposition in the Knights and the Panthers. Where where do you see this Bulldogs team finish up at the end of the season? Where where do you want to see some uh, initial changes coming in? Um, look, I feel like the the dogs. Um, you know, I know they're getting a lot of criticism. I feel like they are getting a tough. Um, set of cards as well. You know, again, you mentioned two top eight teams to start the season. I don't think their um, their journey gets any easier going forward. Um, but in terms of where they need to improve across the park, um, I'm just scrolling through. I feel like Josh Jackson at 13, um, you know, yeah. it's probably unfair to target the captain, but he's probably uh, not a modern day 13. And you, I mean, you probably know what I mean by that. Yeah, I've been on that bandwagon since the preseason. Yeah, to me, I just think you know, from what you need from the thirteen in twenty twenty one, it's not really Josh Jackson, unfortunately. Which you know, he's a great player and he still has a spot in his team, but I don't think he can be playing eighty minutes at lock. Um, I guess for me, I'll throw in uh, Fatala Mariner uh, has a foot injury again. He's getting scans this week. He's one of the better players, so hopefully he's not out for too long. But on a positive note, Jerry Marshall King did make his return from injury. So I will be happy to see him get into the starting 13. I think he is the best hooker at this comp, uh, at this club right now. Um, and yeah, again, I can't, can't agree with you more. You know, it's a, a tough set of cards. You know, Parrot's come in. This is not his roster. He's still got to turn over some players in here to find out what he wants. But to me, you know, the performance of Kyle Flanagan, yes, they scored no points and they got held. Then they got held scoreless, obviously. But I still like the signs from Kyle Flanagan. He's still playing with a bit of confidence. And I think that's what you need. You know, Corey Allen, Kyle Flanagan, Nick Kotrick, the new recruits into this team, there's some signs and some glimpses. So, again, they've started with some pretty meaty competition. Let's see, you know, they're going to work into this and hopefully, you know, in a couple of rounds, we'll start seeing some changes in the performances there. We'll move well, on to the... I'm looking up yeah, where they're versing next week. They're versing the Broncos next week up in Suncorp. There so you I go. feel like that's going to be a must-win game for both teams because... After that, it doesn't get easier for the Bulldogs. I think like they have um, you know, some other top eight competition in round four and five. Yeah, that, that's going to be an interesting game next week, the Broncos and the Bulldogs, you know, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. We'll move on to the next game. It's the South Sydney Rabbitohs, 26, defeating the Manly Sea Eagles, 12. Uh, tries here to Cody Walker, Adam Reynolds, Latrell Mitchell, Damian Cook and Alex Johnson for the Rabbits. And for the Manly Sea Eagles, Lachlan Croker and Marty Tapao got tries. Uh, it was an interesting game. This one, a bit fiery. Got two sim bins from the rabbits as well. Uh, professional foul and that late uh, scuffle at the end. Nomis, the the rabbits, twenty six points against a manly team that had forty hung on them by the roosters last week. Again, rain rain affected. How, how do you see the rabbits this season? They barely got. They barely you know got off the mark last week against Melbourne. Did have a bit of a comeback in the second half, and they've. Just put 26 on this melee team. Should we be concerned about the Rabbits at all, or are they just easing into this season? Um, I feel like with Wayne Bennett coach teams, usually they do start a bit slower, but you know, usually by the end of the season, they he usually has them humming. Uh, the Rabbits, um, I gotta be honest, I didn't catch much of this game, but I did watch the highlights and Pretty Walker. Yeah, they were all guns firing there. Yeah, it was definitely, you know, all the big guns for the 
for the Rabbits did fire. You know, Damian Cook was had his best game in a while, running the ball especially. Uh, a couple of line breaks and a try. Latrell Mitchell, the hands, you know, he's got the, the softer set of hands out the back. Um, that early flick, that early tap onto Alex Johnson that where he passed the ball inside to He's Walker, got that you know. flick on pretty much. Ma- he's, yeah, mastered. he's pretty he's much mastered. got that mastered. Yeah. He's mastered. It's what, he's one of the best in the comp to do it. So, yeah. you know, again, the forward pack is still a concern for me. I think, you know, against a really big team, this forward pack's going to be very interesting. You know, not many teams go for the smaller mobile pack like they do. Um, and it's, for me, it's a matter of time until Dry Arrow comes into the starting side and plays really big minutes. Um, he's being eased in off the bench right now. But, you know, again, I think he's going to come in and really uh, tear the house down. Quickly on a manly side, obviously, Andrew Davey uh, only lasted four minutes. Looks like he's torn his ACL. That, that looked nasty. Yeah. yeah, so not not a good one there. So obviously they also had Curtis Sirenen who got ruled out for four weeks during the week. So uh, you're starting to see a little bit of injury toll here at Manly and as we have just spoken about, they are a top-heavy uh, roster. So, you know, they can't be affording to lose some of these uh, these players. Again, it's early on in the season, but, you know, is this as simple as Tom Turbo will come back and turn this around and make him into a top-eight side, or are we looking at a bottom-four side here? What's your views? Yeah, um, I, to be honest, I don't know what Turbo will add to this team. I feel like, you know, even if you add Turbo to, to this team, I feel like they would have lost both both games um it's it's funny with these new rules it's starting to um there's starting to be a separation between the top eight teams and the bottom eight teams and unfortunately manly they're sitting last at the moment and i feel like that might be a bit of a reflection of what's to come i know it's early days but that's that's from what we've seen Look, it's early days, but I think you can definitely draw conclusions to certain things. There's certain things that, you know, even after two like two game sample size, you can kind of see s- things that you can really start seeing for the rest of the season. To me, not having a genuine number nine does hurt um, this side. Uh, Lachlan Croker, who did play well this game, uh, and another injury news for them, their replacement number nine, K Cuss, got a head knock and went off for HIA and failed it. So... You know, th- 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 there's things to watch out for. You know, Turbo's back in round four by reports. Again, I guess we can't really judge this team until we see Turbo in the lineup. But again, the number of injuries, the way they're playing, it just looks like there's going to be certain things that this is going to happen where a Tommy Turbo bring into this side isn't really going to fix it. So definitely one to watch. Um, but yeah, to me, just I guess in a summary, the Rabbits are doing what we think they're doing, you know, in a, in a really, really, probably the wettest game of the round besides the Parramatta game, still able to lay on five tries and left a couple more out there. So uh, be interesting to see what happens moving forward. The last game on Saturday night was the St. George Illawarra Dragons 25, defeating the Queen, the North Queensland Cowboys 18. So for the Dragons, Rava Lava, Kurt, Hunt and Lomax got tries. And for the Cowboys, Hess, Valentine and Granville got over the stripe. I want to take the lead on this one. Uh, this was my most interest, interesting game of the round. Uh, two teams that I was really kind of bullish on before the season. I thought the Cowboys were going to be a genuine wooden spoon contender. Uh, I did see a lot of people, you know, put them in around the eight. Uh, I just didn't see it. So just wanted to kind of see in these opening rounds where the Cowboys were at. And for the Dragons, I had them at 11th um with the potential to go up or down depending on you know some of the some of the fits and how they do play out so 
you know, both games lost their first opening round. So I did, I did have an eager eye on this one and I didn't, you know, it was very, very entertaining, but I did see a couple of things. Um, the Dragons, this is the type of game where a Dragon fan loves, you know, a Corey Norman comes back into the side, offers, offers something different than an Adam Clune gives you. Um, I think Jack Bird had a good game and that's what you want to see. You want to start seeing those legs under him. Uh, and the most interesting one to me, you know, before the season, there was so much um, talk around Paul Vaughan being the leader of this pack. And this is going to be Paul Vaughan's team. He's going to come back to the form um, from previous years. But when you look at this, he was probably their most least impactful forward. Uh, he only played 37 minutes. So played one of the lowest minutes out of all the forwards and they were still able to get the, get the win here. So I guess my question to you here is, is Paul Vaughan a player where, you know, just a name factor and we go, okay, yep, this guy is really good when the performances aren't there the last two seasons. What's your view on Paul Vaughan? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I was seeing his praises in just the last um, team list podcast and it's interesting to see that he's had the least impact in this game, the least in minutes. Um, for who, So did, was it Alvaro that stepped up? I didn't. To be honest, I didn't catch much of this game, but um, yeah, it's, it's interesting that Paul Vaughan didn't. Um, we saw more Paul Vaughan of twenty twenty rather than to twenty nineteen, which is a bit of a concern, isn't it? Yeah, I think this the second. I think it was a it was a good performance by most of the of the forward pack. There, Josh Kerr and Tarek Sims were probably um, the two best forwards, but yeah, Alvaro off the bench did offer a lot. Um, mm. But I think this this game was more around Ben Hunt. This was easily yeah. Ben Hunt's yeah. best game in a while. You know, he was, and I've always said, when Ben Hunt runs the ball, he's one of the better running halves in the game. And he just, you know, and again, it's a reflection on the opposition, but that Cowboys middle defense was lacking. Yeah. It was lacking. How, how was it without the um, uh, the captain? Uh, well, you know, again, it wasn't. I don't think Tom Lola plays and they win this game, but something I did find very interesting. So Tom Lola only had the nine runs last week and, you know, we're talking about, you know, utilizing him differently. His replacement, Ruben Cotter, uh, who came in and played lock in this game, ended up having something like 19 runs or 17 runs. So it was something, it was something, it was something ridiculously more than what Tom Lola was doing last week. Um, but to me, just a couple of names to mention in this four pack. So, you know, Jordan McLean only got the 36 minutes and Josh McGuire got 49, but I think they're both done. Um, they're, they're just, to me, this there's nothing to look. When you look at this Cowboys team, I just I just don't see how they're getting off the bottom of the ladder. Um, you know, all, all the preseason hype again, I was listening to a couple of the podcasts and, you know, some of the experts and they're going, you know, you know, I love Todd Payton as a coach. What he did with the Warriors last year was really impressive. But in this game, you know, there's just some decisions. To me, Valentine's just got to be on the ball. You know, put Valentine a fullback, a 5 eight, I actually don't care. He just can't be on the wing because, you know, that that try that he scored, that little kick, the little kick and chase, you know, it's just you've got to have your best players touching the ball and affecting the game. Um, you know, Jake Granville coming on and still playing minutes in 2021, not liking that. You know, it looks like Kyle Felt. One of their better outside backs is now going to be suspended for his spear tackle. So there's just a couple of things that I'm monitoring for this team. And, you know, Todd Payton strikes me as a, as a coach that is not going to sit around and just watch this disappear really quickly. So it's going to be very interesting next week 
to see some of his selection lineups because uh, I think it's a matter of time before we see uh, Valentine to fullback. Well, what, what do you think in terms of Clifford, who's not there next season, playing in the halves, drink water, playing a fullback and Valentine on the wing? Where, where would you like to see the Cowboys go with this? Um, I feel like where I'm going to go with this answer is pretty much what is on everyone else's mind. Um, they'll probably want to see, you know, Valentine home move to fullback. Uh, like you said, you want your best player to get more touches on the ball. And Scotty Drinkwater, um, you know, I feel like a mix-up in the halves, it, it's worth a shot. I mean, what, they're, what they've got now obviously isn't working. So, you know, moving Trinky to the halves and Valentine's home, I, I don't see um, why wouldn't they. Yeah, definitely. There's going to be one, an interesting one to watch for both teams next next week to see how they do perform. We'll move on to the to the Sunday games. So the first game, the Sydney Roosters 40, defeating the West Tigers 6. Uh, the, the Roosters keep on chucking. So Brett Morris with another hat-trick. James Sesco with a double. Satili Tupanua and Fletcher Baker with tries. Jacob Little scoring the lone try for the Tigers. This was entertaining, but, you know... For the if you're a Tigers fan, you just wanted to look away, I guess. We'll we'll take the lead here. Brett Morris, he's now got uh, you know two hat tricks in a row. Um, James Tedesco, another two tries. Who's stopping this Roosters team? Like where, where are we going to see them really get tested here? Jeez, more records are falling, aren't they? Well, I guess I don't think any player has started off the season with um two hat-tricks as well. So there's, there's another fun fact for you right there. Yeah. That's um, the Roosters. Crazy. Yeah. They're, um, yeah, that, that right edge. What, what, what else is there to say? Um, Luke Keery, he, uh, he's just so dominant out there. I mean, Lachlan Lamb, I feel like he's touched the ball twice this game and Luke Keery, he's just got his hands all over this team. Um, James Tedesco, I was looking at this game very closely, you know, from a super coach perspective, because, Shout to Ryan. I think you've got the win there. Um, but yeah, jeez. Every time James Tedesco, he's yeah, he he's dead set. It's it's the Tedesco and Kiri show, isn't it, for this Roosters team? The the way Luke Kiri is playing both sides of the ball and just overriding calls and shouting out, like it's it's just so fun to watch. And to me, James Tedesco, the way he just he gets his hands on the ball, second and third tackle, just to take hit ups and then an offload and He's always something like this. This team is just, you know, it's not the best Roosters I've seen in the last five years in all these iterations that we've seen. You know, there's no Cooper Cronk, um, there's no Latrell Mitchell, but just I feel like some of the players is hitting their their prime right now. Like Tedesco and Akiri are in their prime right now, and it's, it's just it's so, scary, isn't it? It's so fun to watch, and you know, again, the number nine jersey is a bit of a hole right now because you know Jake's friend out with concussion. Uh, you still got Sam Verrill's a couple of weeks away. We learned today from Trent Robinson. Joey, uh, Freddie Lussie came in today and yep. the service wasn't great. So there's still ways to make this team better. You know, we got Victor Radley coming in next week. You got, In the reserve, you've got Sam Walker and Joseph Swali, you know, chomping at the bit to try and get in the first grade. So there's just so many things about this team where you just look at it and go, this team is complete. And, you know, when you've got two players like Kiri and Tedesco just hitting their prime... <laughs> It is scary. Again, next week, another blockbuster. Rabbits Roosters, uh, the late game on Friday night, is going to be a belter. So I can't I can't wait to see what they do to me Yeah, this side. And, you know, a lot of people clamoring for Sam Walker to get into that starting side. But, again, you said Lachlan Lamb doesn't touch the ball much, but don't change something that's, you know, you're winning. 
do you do you, do you want to change it? Does it matter at this stage? You know, but we'll, we'll see what happens. But again, just Brett Morris, uh, James Tedesco, Luke Keary, you know, throw in a guy like Lindsay Collins today, a couple of barnstorming runs, set up two tries, you know, that they're, they're just full of class, which we knew. So it's, it's fun to watch. But from a Tiger side, very quickly, where do we go from here, Johnny? You know, Michael Maguire hinted at the, in the post-game press conference, you know, he's not going to take that score line. He's going to make some changes. But who, who are you bringing in out of this side to make a difference here? T- t- talk me through Michael Maguire's process here. Oh. Sorry, just to go back to the Roosters and Angus Crichton from that team as well. So, you know, they've just got so much more. Um, to go potentially, for... yeah, potentially the best second rower in the game. No boy, exactly. cor- no boy exactly. corner as well. Who we haven't seen this season? There's just no boy again, corner. Angus Crichton. It's a stacked lineup. So again, they're going to be one of the teams yeah. to beat, and you know, always a fun game to watch during the round. Um, but yeah, on the other side, uh, you know, we've talked, we've sung Luke Kiry's praises, and then on the other side, we had a guy, a bloke who's you know celebrating his 150th game, and jeez. Um, Luke Brooks, I'm a bit speechless. Yeah, look, and again, it's he's one of those players that I think does get a little bit misrepresented in some of the criticism. He's actually a very good ball runner. He probably does it a bit too much, but he is a good ball runner. Yeah, and you know, again, similar to Milford, you know, the cattle's not around him, and you know, they probably ask him a bit, do a bit too much. But you know, to me, Adam Dewey at six today, no. Moses and off the bench, no. You know, okay, you can bring in a Jock Madden from reserve grade. Where's that getting you? To me, th- this side, you know, it's, again, another team that uh, analysts were saying, you know, around, sniffing around the top eight, you know, always number nine, probably going to be around that again. But I just, I, hadn't, I didn't see it before the season. The, the one thing that I do think gives them a bit of hope here, Dane Laurie today played really well. Dane Laurie. Yeah. Dane Laurie played very, very well. So, you know, there, there's a piece you can build around. You've re-signed Norfolk Luma. That's another one you can build around. Jacob Little had another try today, another impressive game before he went off with his head knock. You know, I Joe Offen and Gowie played good. Sean Bloor is coming back from injury. So th- there's pieces, but in terms of, you know, are they making a charge this season? I just don't see it. I didn't see it before the season started. I don't see it now. Would it surprise me if Mike McGuire is not the coach at the end of the season? Definitely not. Uh, I can see this going very south very quickly. Um, but to me, you know, this is always, this was, to me, this was always going to be a one more year to find your cornerstones and get rid of some contracts. And it's playing out the way I thought it would, you know. I'd love to see them turn it around, but, you know, the, the Raiders last week didn't play their best game and they still hung 30 on them. The Roosters, by all means, did not play their best game today. There was some chance they had. They bombed a couple of tries today. The Roosters. There was a couple of times where they could have got this to fifty, and they they did take their foot off the gas. You know, Takiyaho played sixty straight, was dominating. They pulled him. You know, if, if they wanted to put the number on here, they could have put it on. So, gonna be very interesting to see where they move forward. Um, but yeah, if you're a Tigers fan, you're gonna be hoping the season goes pretty quick from a performance like that. Moving on to the last game of the round, it's the Canberra Raiders 12 defeating the Cronulla Sharks 10. So for the Raiders, the Sebastian, Chris, and Hudson Young tries. For the Sharks, Will Kennedy and Josh Dugan tries. But the difference in this game was the kill kicking. George Williams converting all of his tries. 
Ken Townsend missing three kicks. So, Johnny, for this one here, the Raiders keep trucking another win. For the Sharks, a close loss. Where do you see both these sides in terms, you know, Raiders are around that top six that everyone throws around. But from the Sharks' perspective, you know, Sean Johnson probably still another six, six to eight weeks away from his ACL injury. Do we think that they can, you know, keep it, keep it on the float until he gets back? Or do you think when he returns, it's going to be much of the same? What do you think there? I got to say that I think the Sharks look good. There wasn't much in this game. Um, you know, Raiders, we, everyone always throws them in that top four, top six. Um, you know, I feel like Will Kenley did really well. Um, Matt Moreland did really well. But you mentioned Sean Johnson. There. I'm not sure where where they're going to move, you know, Will Kenley or Matt Moreland. They've both been playing really well. And, um, you know, obviously, Sean Johnson's going to slide into Haas. Who, who do you feel like is going to give way here? Well, look... Logic tells you it's probably going to be Will Kennedy and I'll move Matt Moreland to the back. But, you know, to me, if I'm Will Kennedy, I don't... I'm, doesn't I'm, have the hamstrings <laughs> to go back. I, I want to start. Like, you know, you look at yeah. a team like Manly without, you know, this would be the perfect uh, Manly solution for the turbo thing to have Will Kennedy at the back. You know, you look at the mm. Broncos with Jermaine Asako, I think they'd love to have Will Kennedy at the back. So, you know, yeah. it'd be pretty hard to drop him. He's been playing well, but when a player like Sean Johnson has to come back near side, you know, Chad Townsend's probably not going to move on. Uh, and Matt Moylan, you, while he's fit, you've got to play him because, you know, he probably won't be fit for long. So it's going to be interesting. But I think the, the one in this game for me was the the forward pack for the Sharks. Didn't have their greatest game. You know, we sung their praises last week, overpowering the Dragons. But, you know, Aiden Tolman, uh, Aaron Woods didn't have their best games today. Hammy Welly was still waiting, you know, all the promise, you know, we're still waiting to see there. Andrew Fafita is training the house down, as everyone wants to tell us. And, you know, he's been chomping at the side. So whether he does get into this side to get him a bit of punch off the bench uh, for next week will be pretty interesting. But, again, let, let's quickly talk about the Raiders very quickly. Um, Josh Hodgson, starting to look like he's in his legs under him, returning from his ACL injury. How, how big is that? You know, a Tom Starling, an, another Will Kennedy type, where if he's at six different clubs, he's starting in their side. First, not even cracking the 17. How, how do you see Josh Hodgson really impacting the title race this year? You know, I fit Josh Hodgson with his legs under him uh, in these new rules with he being very crafty at dummy half. Where do you see Josh Hodgson fitting into this to this Raiders premiership tilt? Oh, I think he's huge. Um, you know, everyone talks about him, how he's very uh, Cameron Smith-esque about how he plays. And um, yeah, I think he, he'll be um, massive to, to their uh, premiership push. Um, I guess the other one I did want to sing praises for was Sebastian Christ. Yeah. Um, you mentioned him last week, and I feel like, you know, with uh, their captain Croker out, you know, I feel like he can take as long as he needs to get fit because Sebastian Chris is doing a great job holding his, uh, keeping his seat warm. Yeah, there's no there's no need to rush, rush uh, Joe Croker into the side. And it just, you know, it shows you, you know, before the season, the Harley Smith Shields and the Matt Tomoko guys. I was the Matt Tomoko guy, you know, pushing him to get into his side. Uh, but Sebastian and Chris, you know, six six career games, four tries now. Doesn't look out of place when he's out there. He's a big, strong body. Um, he's making himself a lot of money in these performances, you know. Um, and again, if there's an injury sit to the outside back, if, you know, Curtis Scott is not playing well, to have a guy like Sebastian Chris to throw in your side... If you're a top six team and you know you're pushing for a title, these are the players that you need. You know, it's not always about the one to seventeen at the start of the season. It's the 
the fourth string second role who needs to come in and play 60 minutes one game. It's the it's the fourth string center who needs to come in and replace a club captain. It's those type of it's those type of things that you know really separate the good teams from the bad teams. So Sebastian Cruz is definitely one. Uh, it's a good shout out. Uh, the only other one to monitor from this game is Charles Nickel Clockstad. Uh, did look a little bit injured throughout this game. Was carrying his knee. Uh, so I'll be interested to see if there's any scans or any any rest coming. They have got Caleb Akins and Albert Hopawati, um, some ready-made replacements to come in. So if they do need to give Chance a week off, you know, the option is there. But oh, uh, 2-0 from the Raiders, you know, they're doing what they need to do to start the season. Uh, so it's looking pretty good there. I guess cl- closing comments from you, Johnny, anything from the round, you know, that has piqued your interest or you want to kind of monitor for the next couple of rounds to see if it kind of sticks? Sorry, um, I think the connection went out a bit. Are, were you talking about overview of this game or about the whole round? Yeah, for, for the round, mate. So what did, what, what did you see from the round? Any, anything that stuck, stuck out and that you want to kind of track for the next couple of rounds to see if it sticks or if it's, if it's going to come back to the way it should be? Um, overall, I feel like my main comment about the round was that the, the top sides are sort of getting further away from the bottom sides. Um, you know, with the way these new rules, you, you, you're seeing, you know, we, we've got games such as the Sharks and the Raiders that are very tight, but we expect them to be around that eight. But then when you see sides such as, you know, the Panthers versus the Bulldogs or sides such as, you know, the Rabbits versus um, Manly, it's interesting to see how, how the gap between these slides and, you know, the scores just get blowing up um, bigger and bigger. Yeah, definitely. Look, you know, the, the, the new rules does bring the added wrinkle of, you know, the good sides, you know, start giving away some repeat sets, you know, to reset their line. Uh, and again, you know, more injuries, so more more turnover in the squad, you know, better replacements coming in. So that's a good one. My, my one is probably going to be, I think, goal kicking. To me, goal kicking is going to be really vital this season. Uh, you know, like you said, the, the blowouts from the good teams to the bad teams. But you look at that last game of the round there, the Sharks and the and the Raiders, they've got decided on goal kicking. You know, I think next week with the Storm and the Panthers and the Roosters and the, and the Rabbits, who's going to kick their goals? Uh, even the preseason pods, I did say some of the weaknesses and the and the weaknesses and the gains for each time each, each side was goal kicking for some some of them. Um, you know. And I think it's going to be it's going to show up, you know, in some of these games where it's really close, the goal kicking, and you know, it really was the last game of the round that really did display it really for the first time this season. Um, but it's going to be very interesting moving forward to see how how that does affect uh, the Premiership race. And that'll do it for today's guys. Thanks for tuning in, Johnny. Thanks for coming on, mate. No worries, anytime. No worries. Again, guys, you've been awesome with the listens. Please go to the NRL Rewind at Instagram and Facebook. Give us a like, leave us a message. We'll be back later in the week to preview uh, all the analysis from Teamless Tuesday. Uh, So again, until then, thanks for listening. Have a great day and we'll hear from you soon. Cheers.